0: Father, I thank you for today, Lord, and just for who you are, God, and that you are um, never changing, Lord, and uh, Father, I thank you that we have the opportunity to come to you today, Lord, and just gather in your presence, God, and I thank you that you are holy and that you call us to be holy, Lord, and Father, that, um, that we would honor you and that our hearts would be pure today, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Holy God, precious light, I am your sacrifice for my words aren't enough. So I give you my life, come and kiss me.
1: Father, we look forward to that day, God, that you call us home. But until then, Father, I pray, God, that we would be effective laborers, Lord. Because the harvest is plentiful, Father. I pray, God, that we would be the light shining in this darkened world, Lord. God that we would be your ambassadors God pleading with people to come back to God knowing that the only way to you Father is through Jesus Christ Father I pray God that you would give us a heart for the lost. that those that are here today that are saved Father would remember Father the lives that they once lived and the grace that has been given to them and the salvation that they has re- that they have received through jesus christ and the empowerment of the holy spirit to live righteously and upright in a crooked and perverse generation pray god that we would go forth each day god loving and serving others and boldly testifying of your goodness and of your mercy and of your love that endures forever. I pray, God, that we would not be those that would play church or just go to church, but that we would be the church in this generation, God. That you would awaken us to the sense of urgency and the time in which we live, Father. And that we as the church would awaken, God, to our destiny as your bride. Father, as we open your word today, I pray, God, that we, Father, would be attentive to listen and, God, quick to apply your truths, Lord. Father, your word declares that you transform us by changing the way we think. So, God, I pray, Lord, that we would be those, God, who take every thought captive, Father, that is contrary to your truth. And that we would bring it into the obedience of your Lordship. And that we would walk afresh and anew, no longer the same, but now identified as your children. Father, you've given those who have called upon the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, you've adopted them into your family, giving them the right to call you Abba, to call you Daddy. So, Daddy, we look to you today to encourage us, to strengthen us, to empower us, to have victory over the enemy, and to rest in the assurance that you are for us and not against us, that after we've done all we know to do, then we are to stand, and stand therefore in the fullness and the knowledge of who our God is, victorious, holy, righteous, sovereign, loving Father. So, Lord, have your way no matter where we're at today. I pray, God, that we would be encouraged and that we would bear fruit of the truth in which we would hear today so that not only our lives would be impacted, but the lives of others, Lord, would be impacted with truth. And salvation would come forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. good morning. Psalm 34, verse 14. If we know it, why don't we say it? Who knows it? Turn from evil. Turn from evil. Do
0: good.
1: And do good.
0: Search
1: for peace. Search for peace.
0: And, and, peace. Hard to it.
1: and work hard to maintain <laughs> it. Indeed. Thank you, Father. Turning from evil and doing good, seeking for peace, and working hard to maintain it. I want to encourage us today with, a, well, with many scriptures. We've got a lot of scriptures to kind of work through today. We're going to kind of detour again from our walking through the Bible, and we're going to focus on scriptures that I'm sure we focused on before, but I truly believe we need to get them back in front of us. The call of a disciple. Is where i really want to focus in on today how then shall we be living and you may say well you've shared this before and yet though there may be some new scriptures pretty much we've heard these scriptures before but there's a sense of urgency in me and over the past couple of weeks to really continue to get before us this call of a disciple a few weeks ago i encouraged us that if we're going to call ourselves a christian then we ought to be living like a christian So I want to get it back before us, this call of a disciple to lay our lives down, to truly trust in Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus begins this work in us, you all. And this is the good news. As we know, and each of us should be able to understand this because we've heard it many times now, but apart from christ we are in rebellion towards god's kingdom this is the nature in which we were born in sin this natural existence that is in rebellion stiff arming god blaming god for everything and living out of our desires because remember what the bible says where does sin come from the desires that are from within the natural desires of your human nature Your human nature will always be in rebellion towards God. Because it's selfish. It wants its ways. It wants its desires. It longs to do what it wants to do. And with no restraint on it. And God all along knows this. And that's why we can take comfort in the fact that God, in the Word of God, it says that God first loved us. Yet though we were complete rebellion towards Him, God loves us. And because of His love, we all should know this by now, He gave His one and only Son, Jesus. And that whoever would believe in Jesus will receive this eternal life, this new nature, you are God. Born again of a new nature. And this is important. If you're listening today, this is so important for us. Because we can understand that we were born in the human nature. This nature that is opposing God. But when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are born again, afresh and anew, into a new nature. It's a spiritual birth. And it's awakening to truth. And it's awakening to love. And God himself brings this forth. All through Jesus. His death, his life, his resurrection, his ascension. That now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Interceding and praying for us that now we have this hope as believers that we can live and walk differently. And yet the Bible tells us in Galatians that the flesh and the spirit, they war against each other. So don't think just because you've given your life to Christ that now it's cakewalk. No. Every day it's a choice to follow him. Every day it's a choice to deny yourself, to pick up your cross, And to follow him. Because we're disciples. We're followers of Jesus. He's our teacher. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us everything we need to live godly. If we're choosing to live ungodly, it's our choice. It's not because God is lacking in it. This is the good news that we have you all Because we're living in a generation That's getting darker and darker And you may say well you keep saying that But I know but are you noticing it (laughs) Because if you're noticing it It should provoke you if you would To burn brighter And this is my concern For all of us Are we burning brighter Or are we just coming and we're hearing And then we're doing nothing Because it ought not to be that way And yet we see it all through Scripture. And as we're walking through the Bible, as as we're learning of our God and getting to know Him even more and more, hopefully it's impacting us to be able to say, He's God and how awesome He is. His great love that endures forever. That He would willingly step down and become one of us to free us and to deliver us from a life Apart from him. I want you to go today to Luke chapter 14. Luke 14 verse 25 through 35. Again. God you all. When you really think about it, his love, he is so gracious, he is so kind. And I know when we're bound by our flesh, we like to have the wrong image of God that he's horrible, that he's a taskmaster, that he's just out to get us. <laughs> we make all these excuses to stay away from him, but that ought not to be because he came down and dwelled among us. <laughs> And he gave his life for us. No greater love than this. Than to rescue us. (laughs) To redeem us. to, To purchase us. That we may know him intimately, our creator. That we are to worship our creator, not the created. The natural man, the sinful man, the sinful woman, worships worships the created. They long to be connected to the created. They long to have relationships, material possessions, this and that. You name it, we crave that. But when we're born again, we now have a new nature that craves the things of God. We're learning of God. We're growing. We're maturing. Again, it's not about being perfected, but it is about growing. And Jesus himself, I want you to hear Jesus' words. These aren't foreign to us because we've read them before, but I want to bring them back before us because I think that we really need to grasp the fact that are we truly following him? See, that's a question you have to ask yourself. Like, am I following Christ? He's made everything, and he's provided everything that's needed to follow him. All you need to do is to choose. A large crowd, it says, was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and your mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Jesus' words. And you say, well, those are strong words. (laughs) But they are words that need to pierce our hearts. Because no relationship can come before Jesus. No relationship. Not your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, and your sisters, or even your own life. And the enemy works overtime, you all. Let us not forget, there is an enemy that is against us. Because ultimately, he's against God. From the beginning, he has tried to overthrow God's throne, and he can't. And yet now he knows what his final destination is, and he would rather take the majority of the created ones of God with him. But God has provided a way out, a way away from following and being a slave to hell and to the enemy and to your flesh, and it's through Jesus. And so when Jesus speaks, he understands the consequences of your actions. If you choose to go your way, if you choose to hold relationships higher than your relationship with God, if you choose your desires over the things of God, he knows what ultimately is going to cost you. Eternity. And that's why he speaks with such authority. So that's what I'm trying to bring to our attention today. Don't think that the enemy is not working overtime to water down Jesus' message. Jesus' message is never come as you are, stay as you are. Never. Never. It never will be. No matter how good man presents it and ties it up with a bow and makes you feel good, that is not Jesus' message. Jesus' message is, listen, it's going to cost you everything to follow me. But if following me, yet it costs you everything, you gain so much more. It doesn't make sense in the natural mind. But in the spiritual essence and the understanding of his kingdom, you gain so much more. We're not to cling to the temporalness of this life. We're to cling to Christ and we recognize that we've gained so much more. What you will lose cannot even compare to what you are gaining in Christ. He goes on here, but don't begin until you count the cost. For you would be who, for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's a person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king will go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against them, And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So, you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile it is thrown away anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand consider the cost just don't start this life and then fade away from it because then not only do you look foolish but then you're making a mockery of what jesus has done no when you're committed to christ you're committed You consider the cost. You recognize the decision that you're making because God Himself is pleased to reveal Himself to you through His Son, Jesus. And salvation comes. That peace that surpasses all understanding. Provision comes. Healing comes. Deliverance comes. And you're walking afresh and anew. Jesus again understands that this isn't some just kumbaya feeling. Oh, just, just all come to church. No, he recognizes it is a lifestyle. It's going to cost you as it costs me. Because it cost him his very life to come and to rescue us. He was the penalty for our sin. So as we've been reading as we're walking through the Bible, we're seeing how God set up the sacrifice. ...of these animals, the blood was shed to atone for the sins of the Israelites. But ultimately, Jesus, as I've said, and as the word declares, is our high priest. And he, his very own body, is the final sacrifice made ultimately for all mankind. He paid for the, 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 the penalty for our sins... He took our punishment so that we could be reconciled to God. And so when he's calling out people to follow him, to follow him, he doesn't paint it to be a cakewalk. He recognizes it, that it's going to cost you, and it's going to cost you everything. Go to John chapter 6. John 6, verse 22 through 71. Jesus is the bread of life. Again, Jesus has had thousands of followers. This is the height of his ministry. People are impressed with Jesus and his miracles, with his teaching, as he teaches with such authority. And they're following him. But he recognizes not everyone who is among him is a follower of him. He recognizes. He knows the heart of people. He knows our hearts. He knows why you are why you're here, and he knows exactly where you're at and what you're choosing to do. And all along, he's intervening into our lives, bringing correction and discipline, drawing us to himself. But we have to respond to that. His desire is that you would respond in the right way to follow him, to lay your life down, to be his ambassador. Because you've been grafted into his family. You've been given the right to call him daddy. And now there's work to do. Because now you have the good news to share with others. And listen, not everybody, as we know, is going to accept Jesus and live for Jesus. And that is okay. That is their right. They have a choice. But for those who are claiming Jesus' name, we ought to hold each other accountable to the truth and how we ought to be living. And so Jesus, it says here, The next day the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw the disciples had taken the only boat and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from the Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of His approval. Did you hear that? Jesus says, You want to be with me because I fed you. Not because you understood the miraculous signs. And there's a lot of people who just want to hang around Jesus because Things have gone right for them. But as soon as they got what they want, they go about their own way. Or as soon as things change, then they decide to go their own way. But that's not how Christians live. We don't come to Jesus just because Jesus does things for us. No, we come to Jesus because we see our need for a Savior. We come to Jesus because we know the price that has been paid so that we can live. And not just on this earth, but for eternity, how we are to live. We come to Jesus because God was pleased to reveal himself to us through Jesus. He's reconciled us back to God, and now we're at peace with God. And nothing and no one can compare to that peace. But Jesus knows the hearts of these people. And then they replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. As simple as it can be, believe. Because as you think, so you'll go. (laughs) If you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that he is the Messiah... That he is the Son of the living God, when that belief is your truth, you will obey him. Not because you're forced to, no, just because you long to. Because where else can you go? And so they answered, Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, Give us that bread every day. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. Do you hear that? He will never reject those whom the Father has led to Him. There will never be. If you are sincerely seeking, it is because the Holy Spirit is drawing you to Christ. And you will not be rejected. But those who are just playing church, those who are just playing like they're Christians, oh, they will be rejected. These people only wanted their physical needs met. That's all they were searching for. And Jesus knew. And Jesus ultimately knew he could not get distracted with that because he knew that his purpose was the cross. Verse 38, Jesus' words. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will, And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. And it's like the last song we heard when Jesus steps out and calls his children. When that final day comes, no one knows the day or the hour, but there's a day in which Jesus is going to appear and gather up those who belong to him. And oh, what a day that is going to be. And we long for that. In fact, our lives are to be working towards that day. Bearing fruit. Calling others To return to God. Remember he's given us that ministry of reconciliation that we've talked about. Like we're to be doing. We're to be doing. We're to be effective laborers. Not just still consumed with with our thoughts and our desires. But oh, consumed with the things of God. We understand the urgency of the hour. Because Christ is returning. But look how the people respond. Then the people began to murmur. In disagreement, because he has said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say I came down from heaven? But Jesus replied, Stop complaining about what I said. For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, and at the last day I will raise them up. As it is written in Scripture, they will be taught by God Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone who hears, I'm sorry, not that anyone has ever seen the Father. Only I, who, ha- who was sent from God, have seen him. So again, God is drawing men and women to truth. God is revealing Jesus. And men and women are responding. look what it says there. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Are we listening? Are we learning? It can't just be religious works, you all. It is an intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And we're living it out now, empowered by the Holy Spirit. The completeness, the wholeness of God impacting our lives. That we would honor him and live for him. I tell you the truth, he goes on. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread which I offer so the world may live is my flesh. Then the people began arguing with each other about what what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they asked. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. He's teaching them the spiritual understanding. And they didn't want to hear spiritual teaching. They wanted only what was good for them to hear. And the Bible tells us that in the last days, that's what people will only want. They would only want preachers to preach what's good to their ears. Not the truth of God's word. Jesus himself was teaching a spiritual principle. And these people could not understand. Because they were only looking to satisfy their own desires. Verse 60. Many of his disciples said, This is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? And Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, Does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe. And he knew he who would betray him. Then he said, that is why I said that people cannot, can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you going to leave? And Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I chose the twelve of you, but one is the, one is the devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, one of the twelve who would later betray him, the one we read about last week. Jesus, here again, we see, is laying down an understanding that there are spiritual principles that ought to be followed. To come to Christ is more than just a little prayer. That means nothing. But to come to Christ and you really see Him for who He is because you're drawn to truth. And in that truth, it sets you free. It liberates you. To live at a different level. To a different level of understanding and acknowledgement of who God is. And so you're born again of a new nature. Living differently. Talking differently. Understanding differently. Feasting and eating of truth. And trusting that Jesus. (coughs) And trusting in Jesus, I should say. And forsaking everything else. These people came seeking only for themselves, and yet Jesus was calling them out on it. And many of them walked away from Jesus. And it's no different than today. People get stirred up by the things of Christ. God shows up, God moves among them, God provides, and before you know it, they slip away back into their old ways. Because as soon as they start pressing into spiritual truths, to the flesh, it's hard. But, to, but walking in the spirit is easy to walk in the fullness of christ to the flesh you can't understand but if you walk in the spirit it becomes just your just natural to you it's just who you are It's just what you do now it's just how you live now there's no other way And that's why the disciples said, or Simon Peter said, well, where can we go? You hold the words to eternal life. You hold truth. And yet though, still there was one among them that would betray Christ. See, not everyone who calls himself a Christian is a Christian, you all. You know them by their fruit. You know them by their lifestyle and how they're living. Again, not a perfect life, but a life that is maturing, a life that is honoring God, a life that has considered the cost as we read in the beginning, and a life that has walked away and into the fullness of who Christ is, and no longer living for themselves, but living for Christ. Jesus himself is laying out this truth because he know ultimately what his plan and his purpose was, and that is to redeem the loss, to save the loss. Go to Romans chapter 12. Verse one through 21. Jesus, you all. He changes us. If we truly respond in humility, if we truly believe, did you hear Jesus' words? Those who believe, (laughs) those who believe, not just those who just come to church, (laughs) but those who believe, their lives would be changed, transformed. And now, as we read, In the Old Testament and we saw all these sacrifices (laughs) now we see here in the New Testament that now we are to be the living sacrifice Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice but now we are to be the living sacrifice denying ourselves Picking up our cross and following him. So in Romans, it says here, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This, is the tr- this truly is the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior of the cust- and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And he's writing to the church. This isn't a letter to the lost. This is a letter to those who belong to the church and who is claiming that they are Christians. And so Paul is reminding them Then live as one. And stop copying the behavior and the customs of the world. But let God transform you. Who does the work in us? God. That should be good news for all of us. Don't try so hard in your flesh to do right. Don't try so hard in your flesh to follow rules and laws. Don't try so hard in and of yourself. Because it's God who does the work in you. All you do is believe. <laughs> All you do is allow the leading of the Holy Spirit lead you into obedience. Okay, God, you've called me to this life. You revealed Jesus to me. You're doing this work in me. The Father strengthened me and establish me. That I may continue to walk in obedience. And what you've called of me. And then he goes on. Because of this privilege and authority God has given me, I give each you this warning. Don't think you are better than you you really are. (laughs) Be honest in your evaluation of others, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function so it is with christ's body we are many parts of one body and we are all and we all belong to each other in his grace god has given us different gifts for doing certain things. So God has given you the ability to prophesy. Speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is, a, is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God is giving you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Just don't pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. This is how we're to be living. This is how we're to be maturing and growing in our faith. Each of us have been gifted differently. But yet we function together as the body of Christ to accomplish what Jesus has called us to do in this world. And so no matter where your level of faith is, use your gift. Mature in it. Grow in it. And if you don't know your gift, then sit down with me and we can can pray through it. And we've got this little assessment that you can take that kind of brings forth... To knowledge of what your gift is. But each of us are to be fully active in the the church. And I love what he says says here. Just don't pretend to love others. (laughs) Really love them. Because it all comes back to what? Love. It all comes back to love because God is love. And not love as man knows it, but love, that the very essence and, and the truth of what love is. God is love. And isn't it crazy that the message of love, the message of hope, the message of peace, the message that comes to liberate, to free people, is the message that people don't want to hear. Because again, as the people we've read just about, all they wanted was Jesus to fix The little things in their lives. Just feed us, just do this, just do that for us. But that wasn't Jesus' purpose, though that's what Jesus can do, but ultimately his purpose is salvation. That people would come to Christ and live for Him and be with Him, not just here on this earth, but for eternity. And so Paul is saying, take it serious, church, take it serious. You are a living sacrifice to God. And people ought to see your lives reflect that. And then he goes on here, Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God would bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can, look at this, to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge and pay them back, says the Lord. So instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. By doing good. Keep your peace, you all. What it boils down to. Keep your peace. That peace that surpasses all understanding. No matter what confusion and chaos may be brewing around you, you maintain that peace that only comes from Christ. You don't have to retaliate. You don't have to respond. You don't have to get caught up in it. No, you maintain the fullness of who Christ is. And you honor him by living right. <laughs> like, God, I do not have to be moved by this or that. No, God, I can focus on you. And God, I can still love them. And God, I can still serve. And God, I can be your disciple. <laughs> because you've given me what I need to respond correctly. Now, if you respond incorrectly, you act ugly, Repent. As soon as the Holy Spirit brings conviction, repent. Turn from it. That's what repentance is. Just not saying, I'm sorry. No, you're turning away from it. You're going to act differently. You're going to go differently because you're trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit to bring you out of it. (laughs) Because he's quick to forgive. Again, we have to have the right image of God. God's not ready just to uh, strike us down and get us. No, God longs for us to be with him but he's not going to force us. His love never forces No, his love compels you to come because you can't find that love anywhere else. So you're basing your decisions on your love for God. I can choose to react this way. I can choose to give my body to this. I can choose to take this in. I can choose to think that, but if it's not honoring God, why would I want it? And that's bottom line, how a Christian should be living and thinking throughout their days. I'm only going to put my hand to that which honors God. I'm only going to speak to that which honors God. I'm only going to take in that which honors God. I'm only going to think about that which honors God. If we truly commit to this way of living, could you imagine the impact it will have on your life? And then just not on your life... But the life of all those that are around you they would see that there's something different and that opens the door to not to bring the 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 focus on you but the focus on God because apart from him this is how I would be living I would be doing this I would be choosing to do that I would be saying this See, we got to be mindful your words are powerful as you speak them, as you thank them, and as you post them on Facebook or other social media platforms. Your words are powerful. The Bible says your words have the power of life or death. And you ought to be very mindful before you hit post what you're posting and what you're saying. You ought to be very mindful before you open your mouth to speak And you ought to be very mindful about what you're thinking and the thoughts that are consuming your head. And if it's not honoring God, you ought to get before him and say, God, help me. Don't run from God. Remember, we've seen that as we're walking through scripture. These people, oh, they're so afraid of God that they they, they turn and run from God. But no, that fear of God, that uneasiness should compel you to go to him because of Jesus. of Jesus' love. See, the enemy, the devil, wants you to stay far from God. He wants you to have an incorrect vision of who God is because it keeps you away from God. But when you truly know God and you truly know Jesus and what he accomplished, no, you just run to him. And you say, God, help me in this area of my life. Because I'm thinking thoughts that I ought not to be thinking, and I'm doing things that I ought not to be doing, and my flesh just seems to be out of control. But God, I know that you can deliver me. And then so you stay down until you get the awakening to step up and to step out and to the fullness of who Christ is. And then your life is bearing his image. And pointing others to Jesus. But how can you call yourself a Christian and live for Christ when your life keeps rejecting Him? I want you to think about that this week. Think about that this week. I genuinely love all of you. And I am concerned. I'm concerned for your well-being. I love you enough to tell you the truth. It's up to you. If you choose not to follow Jesus, I'm not going to stop loving you. I love you. If you choose to run amok and do whatever you want and keep posting whatever you want and doing whatever you want and living however you want, I still love you. (laughs) And God still loves you. But ultimately, who you have to answer to is not me. (laughs) It's God. And even though he still loves you, If you keep denying him and betraying him, then at the end, don't expect to be ushered in to his presence and to his kingdom. He loves you enough to give you what you want. If that's how you want to live, then live that way. And have your share of it, have your fill of it. Because that's all you got. And you can't blame God. <laughs> All you can do is point the finger to yourself because you chose the things that dishonor God was more important in that time of your life. Well, this is better than God. This is, I'd rather feel and think this way and do this thing and do that and act this way. Because it just is right, and other people accept me. That is your choice. But God. Has laid out his truth. And he says, This is the way. Come, follow me. And so we end in that chapter, verse 12. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. It reminds me of the verse from Genesis where it says, Sin is crouching at your door, and its desire is to master you, but you, must master it and how do we do it only through jesus but not by not allowing evil to conquer us but conquer evil by doing good go to first corinthians chapter 5 first corinthians chapter 5 verse 9 through 13 Again, these are letters to the church, not to the lost, but to the church. He says here, When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin, or are greedy, or cheat people, or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid that. people like that. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worship idols or is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge the outsiders, but it's certainly your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. So before you say to another believer, oh, you're not to judge me. <laughs> oh, no. We're not to judge the world. Because <laughs> God will deal with them. <laughs> but if you're calling yourself a believer and you're living among the, belie- the brethren of the- in this church... Oh, no, we we see fruit in your life that is not evident to transformation of the power of God. No, we come alongside you, and our judgment is not to beat you down, but our judgment is to build you up. Because when you judge others, when when you look at others and you say, Wait a minute, uh-uh, something's wrong, you go, and the whole purpose of judging them is to expose the fruitless deeds of darkness, and then you're encouraging them to turn back to Christ. So that their souls will be saved. And look at what he's saying here. Because they were twisting it. He was saying, wait a minute, I wasn't telling you not to be among the lost. Don't lose yourself among them. Don't become like them. (laughs) But I wasn't telling you to stay away from them. No, what I was saying was, if anyone calls himself a Christian, and they're enslaved to sexual sin, they are greedy, they worship idols or they are abusive or a drunkard or cheats people don't even eat with them don't even eat with them don't even associate with them if they're not willing to repent and turn to Christ then they are to be cut off they are to be cut off and that's the importance and the urgency Of the hour of the day, even then as it is now, how the church ought to be living. We just, and like I said before, we just gotta gotta stop calling people Christians that aren't Christians. And if you know you're not a Christian, stop calling yourself a Christian. I would rather you be honest. No, I'm not a follower of Christ, but I'm here. (laughs) And I like being around you all. (laughs) But I'm just not ready. I respect that of you. But please don't call yourself a Christian and be nothing but a liar, a cheater, a backbiter, a, a bound in sexual sin, just running a lump, doing whatever you want, because then you're treating His blood and His grace as meaningless, as it meant nothing. And God have mercy on you for doing that. No, just be honest in your, as you're self-assessed. No, I'm not following Christ. Or if you are, then be honest in your assessment of yourself of what God is, is bringing conviction into your life and saying, God, I'm not going to withdraw or beat myself up and, and play these weird games and hide things. No, I'm just going to expose it because God, ultimately, you love me and you're bringing this conviction into my life to heal me and to deliver me from this. So you keep going in deeper with Christ not shrinking away and pulling away from him in the church. No, that means you, you press in because you long to be even more transformed and made holy in his presence. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9-11. through Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that. But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ And by the Spirit of our God. And the church should say, Amen. And again, he's writing to the church. And he's reminding them, listen, these people, these sins, people who are, are consumed by these will not inherit the kingdom of God. And here's the good news. Some of you were once like that. we're not to remain who we are because remember it's a new birth remember when you were born as a baby you were born in rebellion towards God you want nothing to do with God but remember God formed and fashioned you and placed you in your mother's womb and he has a plan and a purpose for your life and so since the day you take your first breath God has already a plan for you And God is pursuing you throughout your life to draw you to Himself. Even in the midst of your difficulties, even in the midst of your chaos, even in the midst of of all the junk, God is pursuing you, calling you to His attention to turn to Him. When you do not turn to God the the lives in which we're living that, that were expressed here, these lifestyles is all you know to live. And bondage to sexual sin. And bondage to worshiping idols and committing adultery and into male prostitutes and homosexuality and thieves and being greedy and being on being on drugs and, and drunk and alcohol abusing abusing people, cheating people none of these will inherit the kingdom of god look at the hope again some of you were once like that but look what it says you were cleansed you were made holy you were made right with god through jesus christ and the empowerment of his holy spirit you were born again of a new nature the day you accepted jesus christ the day in which you believed You breathed refreshed and anew, and you were born of a new nature now. And when you know you ought not to be doing what you're doing, and you feel that conviction like, I really know I shouldn't do it, you have that choice and that time to say no. I'm not going to partake of that. Or you can say yes and get into the old nature. Because the old nature, though it is dead, (laughs) you're the only one that can choose to bring it back. And say, no, I'll go that way. I'll do my way and I'll do what I want. But be very careful. You're going back like a doll returns to its vomit. Like a clean pig going back to the mud. And that's not the way you ought to be living. And if you find yourself there today, then get up and come back to God. He's not stiff-arming you. God is never stiff-arming anyone. God's arms are open to receive. The only stiff-arming that's happening is us. Telling God he's not God, so I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be me. (laughs) And that ought not be because that's how you used to be. But do you see yourself as clean, whole? Remember, I told you this before. You have to apply the Word of God. It makes no sense just to hear and do nothing with it because then you're bored with it. Like, oh God, I got to go to church. Oh, I got to hear this again. Oh, whatever. Don't blame God, that's you. Your boredom with God comes from your choice. But I challenge you apply God's word. Get up tomorrow. Go throughout the rest of the day. If you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, then believe in Jesus and watch your life transform. But start choosing to do what is right. Start believing. Start putting things into practice. Like when your old mindset reminds you, no one loves you. You're nothing. See, when the enemy comes a-knocking, and your flesh starts building itself up, it's roaring at you and trying to drag you back, that's when you've got to stand with everything that you believe in about God, and you've got to say, no, wait a minute. I am clean. I am no longer broken. I don't have to react out of this anymore. I don't care how people are treating me. I don't have to react because I see myself as whole in Christ. I am at peace with myself because I'm at peace with God. And so I'm not going to respond out of my hurt, out of my insecurities, because I found my wholeness in Christ. And He loves me. And because of that love, in my, in, my, in my response to it, I'm going to love Him. And as I'm loving Him, I'm loving others. But as I can't love others until I truly love myself. And I truly can't love myself until I truly f- re- realize the fullness of His love for me. You're cleansed. You've been washed clean. So you don't keep responding in your nastiness and in your anger you don't respond to your addictions. And you don't respond to the need to have people like you. <laughs> God will bring all things about for those who are truly seeking him and loving him. He'll bring the right people. He'll bring the right need that to, meet the, to meet your need. Whatever it is, God will provide. But you must trust him. Same chapter, chapter 6, go down to verse 18 and 20. Again, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual morality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. You you belong to God, you all. That's how you live. Talk about application. Get up every day, and as you're going through your day, remind yourself whom you belong to. And sexual sin is running amok. Perversion, pornography is running amok. The sex trafficking that is happening And our time is out of control. Boys, girls, you know, younger adult males and younger adult females are being snatched up off the streets in America. And being sold into slavery, sex trade, all over the world. And every time you look at a pornography, every time you give in to it, You're no different than those who are involved in the sex trade. Because those people in pornography are not there (laughs) by their own choosing. The majority of them are sex slaves. And that's all they've done, that's all they do. And they perform, and they do it because they have to. It's not glamorous. And yet, it's growing more and more in our day and age. I mean, just look at what's on television. It's getting more sexualized. And the enemy is stoking the desires of men and women to just act like animals and lay down with whoever and whatever, and then say they have a right to it. No, the only right you have as a believer is to honor God with your body. The heathen, the lost, they will live like that. But believers, we recognize how dangerous sexual sin is. It's a sin against your own body. You are uniting yourself with the other. And remember, God created sex, and sex is good. But it must be in the confines of how God created with a man and a woman. A husband and a wife. Anything else is perversion. It's sexual sin. Even if it's with a man and a woman, but they're just shacking up. It's sexual sin. The only way God has purposed and designed it is a husband and a wife. And they ought to be enjoying it. You do have to be enjoying it. But careful. Because temptation is strong in this generation. Each of us will be tempted. But the Bible says he makes a way out of every temptation. Run from it. Flee from it. Get up from it. Don't let it take control over you. honor God with your bodies with your heart with your whole being and don't fall prey to what's being laid before us in this generation do not give in to it you do have a choice turn from it go to Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, 21 again I wanted to take today because I've really just been burdened over the past month or so. For, for the church. Not just for us. But the church at large. Throughout the earth. That we would be awakened. That we would be shaken to our very core. That we would get up and begin to, to believe again. In the one in whom we say we believe. And that you all will go from this place. And throughout your week. No matter what your age is. And do good. Tell others about the love of God. Let them see the process that's taking place in you. The good and the bad. Let them see it. So that God may be honored. And if you're sitting here today and you're struggling with sin. You're having thoughts that are are contrary to God's truth. Then expose them. Talk to me. Talk to someone that you can trust. That's going to counsel you with the word of God. Don't be afraid. There's nothing that you're dealing with inside of you that's bigger than your God. Nothing. No one's going to look down on you. No one's going to make fun of you. But I would rather you be honest. And again, you have a right to go however you want. That's your choice. But if you truly want to live for Jesus and there's things in your life that you just need to get rid of and you just got to really deal with, then do not hold them in. Come to Jesus. (laughs) He already knows what it is. He already loves you. But he wants you to willingly lay them down. Remember as we said earlier, the whole thing of the call of a disciple to deny yourself, to pick up your cross and to follow him. To not give in to those desires. But to trust in the fact that God has washed you. You're cleansed and you're whole. And there is a way in which you can live now. And so we see here in chapter 2 of Galatians verse 20, 21. Scriptures that we already know. But scriptures I want to get back in front of us again. Because I really want to challenge us. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body, look at this, by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave His life for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Again, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with a loving God, a loving Father. If it was all just about religion and doing good and doing good and doing right and doing God and following laws and all of that, then Jesus didn't have to die. But Jesus died because it's not about religion. It's not about rules and laws. Jesus died so that we can be liberated to be born again. It's so important that you understand that concept because if you don't understand that concept, then you'll just live a religious life. But the reality is you've been born afresh and anew. And your eyes have been opened to the spiritualness of life. And you're trusting in the Father. And so you're to be living with this understanding that you've been crucified with God or with Christ. It is no longer you who are living, but it's Christ living in and through you. So how are you to be living in this earthly body? By trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You want a scripture to memorize this week? Go memorize that one. And tell yourself, get it out in front of you every day. How am I to be living in this earthly body? (laughs) By trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let that be your truth this week. And watch how your life begins to transform. God is faithful to his word. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Three more verses and we're done. Ephesians chapter 4. Well, scriptures, not verses.
0: <laughs>
1: Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. With the Lord's authority I say, live no longer as the Gentiles. And that means those who, are basically Gentiles, are those who don't believe. So, don't live like unbelievers. For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. When you're not a follower of Christ, a disciple of Jesus, that's how you live. You live lost. You're just wandering. You're just giving in to every type of desire and emotional fit that you want to give yourself to. But that's not how you ought to be living. And he goes on. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Look what it says here. Throw off your old sinful nature and your formal way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception, and instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So you're not to live how you used to live, and you're not to be influenced by the world, you all. Listen, we've got to stop laughing along with them. We've got to stop giving in to them. I'm so impressed with this man that's on AGT, American Got Talent. I don't know if you've been watching it. But he's a Christian man. On a secular show. And if you haven't seen it, i posted some of this stuff on my Facebook page. But I'm so impressed with how he's making a difference. That even Simon Cowell was brought to tears over this man's song and how this this man's life and how he's impacting others. In fact, I think it was Heidi Klum, who's the supermodel, said, we need more men like you. And the crowd applauses. And we do. We need more men to be Christian men. We need more women to be Christian women. Make it an impact. It doesn't mean you stay away from the world. No, go into the world and make an impact. This man has not, and I pray he never does. He hasn't hidden who he is in Christ. He's just living his life. And that ought to be the same for you. You don't hide that you're a Christian. No, you just live your life. You just make an impact on where you are. And let the world see that there's something different. And remember, some people in the world, they'll... Don't applaud the goodness of your life. And there's others that's going to be repelled by it. Because it it sickens them that you live righteously. They would rather you live stuck with them. I told you, I had so many friends and people, quote unquote, who I cared about me and I was in relationships with for years. Close friendships. And for all those years, they watched me die with drugs, with sex, with alcohol, with bad attitudes, with darkness. And none of them had any hope to offer me. But as soon as I gave myself to Christ, all of them rejected Christ and they rejected me. They mocked. They laughed. And I thought, here I am. My life is getting better. But they were so repelled by the light and I said God so be careful who you're surrounding yourself with if they're not encouraging you to keep going towards Christ to growing and maturing in your faith then move on don't hate them don't, don't reject them but just keep moving forward. Keep moving on. And little by little, they started calling. Little by little, they'll start reaching out. Hey, this is going on in my life. You know, could you pray for me? Just be the light, you all. Just live right. I mean, look what it's saying there. It goes on in verse 25. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work. And then give generously to others in need. And this is important. Listen to this. Don't use foul or abusive language. Stop cursing. It's horrible. It's horrible. And yet we give ourselves the right to it. That's not how we're to be. How can you say Jesus and, and loving Jesus and then out of your mouth or your thoughts or your post? It's nothing but filthiness. Nothing good comes from it. It's not cool. And those people who think it's cool, those are the people who not, have nothing. No, they should not be influencing your life. You should be influencing their life. Be among them, but don't be like them. <laughs> Jesus hung out with sinners, but he didn't become like them. He let his light shine. <laughs> You're to be among them, but don't be like them. You don't have to post things like that, thinking that people are going to like it. You don't have to act that way and talk that way because that's how you're going to fit in. No. Look at what it says here. Stop it. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything, look at this, you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identi- identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has, forgave, has forgiven you. There is a way in which you ought to be living. Remember, your words are to build up. You don't want to be a tool of destruction to hurt other people. You don't want to just say words just to say them and they mean nothing. Do you know the Bible says that God's going to hold you accountable for the idle words that come out of your mouth? It'll do us all good just to shut up. (laughs) If your words are not going to build up or to edify... Then keep your mouth shut. Guard your thoughts. If they're tearing others down, you better take them captive and say, Lord, teach me, show me Holy Spirit on how to think thoughts that are right, that are pure. Like you have to apply this. This has to become who we are. Listen to what it's saying there. You need to encourage, you need to edify, you need to build up. Your words are vital. Go to Ephesians, oh, you're there, you should be there. We're going to go through Ephesians 5, 1 through 20. So imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual morality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. So don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in these things, these people do, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for His light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part of the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Live as light. And did you see wisdom here again as we're walking through the Bible and we're reading through Proverbs and it's talking about wisdom? Live as one who is wise. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. And I love where it says, don't be fooled by those who will try to excuse these sins. Listen, there are churches today, there are pastors today, there are denominations today that are giving the right to people to live however they want to live and to do however they want to do, and poof, you're a Christian. Just because someone who calls himself a Christian or a pastor says it's right, doesn't mean it's right. Listen what the Word of God says. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in these things these people do. For once you were full of darkness... But now you have the light from the Lord. And that's why I've encouraged you. Whenever you hear the gospel being preached. Or they're calling it the gospel. And they're giving you the right to live however you want to live. That is not the gospel. You better get up from it and you better run from it. Don't fall prey to the enemy. Know the truth of God's word. Not because I say it. Because you believe it. Go read it. Go open it up. See how you to be living. There is a way in which we are to live. And we ought to be careful. And we ought to be deliberately, you know, giving thought to what we're doing and what we're saying. We're ending in First Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. instructions to all christians on how they ought to be living first peter chapter 3 verse 8 through 12 finally all of you should be of one mind sympathize with each other love each other as brothers and sisters be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude don't repay evil for evil don't retaliate when in income sorry don't retaliate with insults when people insult you instead pay them back with a blessing. This is what God has called you to do, and He will bless you for it for the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from